welcome to church this beautiful Sunday morning. It's lovely to see many of you here. Really warms my heart to see you gather together with me as well in God's family this morning. And I want to also extend a huge welcome to those listening online via the live stream or maybe watching the service later. All are welcome into God's house this morning. This is our moment to come into God's presence and prepare for the start of a new week, to stay with God, to worship him and to focus upon him. And as we come to worship this morning, let us call one another as a family of God's people through a responsive reading with words of affirmation and faith. You are all children of God. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You are all God's handiwork, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are all forgiven. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You are all a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. You all have been reconciled. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry for reconciliation. And I'm going to say, we all live by faith. For we live by faith, not by sight. Let's sing of that faithfulness as we stand to sing in worship. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father.
come before God in a time of prayer, I'm going to give opportunity for us to maybe call out the things that we're grateful to for God's faithfulness before I lead us in prayer. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness in answering prayer. Lord, we thank you that as a church family, we can come and pray these prayers together. On this glorious day, Lord, we thank you too for this earth, for our home, for the wide sky and the blessed sun, for the salt sea and the running water, the everlasting hills, and the never-resting winds for trees, for the common grass beneath our feet. We thank you for our senses, by which we hear the songs of birds and see the splendour of the summer fields and the taste of the fruit of the earth. We rejoice, Lord, in all of the seasons and all that they bring. Grant us hearts wide open to this beauty and save our souls from being blind so that we may pass unseeing. Grant us, Lord, love for one another as you have shown to each and every one of us. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. We thank our Father who lives and reigns forever. Amen. Thank you for sharing. Now later in the service, Julie will bring God's word to us. And we're going to have one last encounter in our series. Um, when Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. And we're going to think particularly how Thomas reacted to that. But before we get there, for our worship this morning, Julie and I felt it would be good to concentrate not on Thomas's doubt um, or the faith that came out of that, but to concentrate on something different. And what we thought would be good was to think about the faithfulness of God. He sent Jesus to live and dwell among us. 
He was true to his, the prophecies foretold in Scripture. And he is indeed faithful to each and every one of us day by day. I don't know how you come to church this morning, whether you come with a joyful heart or a heavy heart, whether you come preoccupied with thoughts of friends or family who need your prayers. I came this morning a little bit in trepidation, thinking, oh, I hope this is going to go well. But God's answered a prayer for me this morning. And as I stood before you, I saw evidence that he's answered a prayer. So we can all come with different thoughts, with different feelings and emotions. But God is here to receive us and to take us into his care and his sustenance. And I share with you that I think we can all find that here this morning. We're going to also hear about the wider church. Ian will share with us about God's work in Nepal through the leprosy mission. But before that, let's take a little time for ourselves to worship our unfathomable God and his faithfulness. And we'll do that by joining together in this next song. No eye has seen and no ear has heard. Let's join together as we sing of God's faithfulness and his great love. Yeah. 
share with us. Good morning. First of all, a thank you uh, to Julie for giving us this little slot. Also, a thank you to Brighton Road Baptist Church for the support that you give to the Leprosy Mission. And also a thank you to many individuals and organisations within this church who support the mission. This year the mission has set out an impossible aim. It is reaching out to the Lord in faith because with God nothing is impossible. It's been inspired to break through to greater lengths. And naturally the challenge is called greater heights. It's aiming to achieve a status of no new leprosy cases after 2035. That's only 13 years time. Let's pray to God that, that, that he will inspire us uh, to achieve that. To realise the aim, it's imperative that research efforts um, on early detection and uh, removal of transmission is achieved. The key research centre in achieving this is in Nepal, in an Andaman hospital which Pauline and I have visited on three different occasions and seen the work of that research centre and it's amazing. The trouble is in 2015 it got damaged um, and at the moment it is unlikely to pass the Nepali inspection, government inspection, for approval as a scientific research centre. So the challenge is to rebuild that research centre um, as soon as possible. Uh, our president, uh, Peter Wallop, has launched a fundraising initiative and it's entitled Greater Heights. And I'm hoping that we will have the short video now. A world without leprosy is in our hearts. And with every breakthrough in research, that dream is one step closer. The research centre is so much more than a building. It's a place where medical miracles are happening every day. However, staff there are carrying out cutting-edge research in a place that is just not fit for purpose. The poor condition of the lab means it will not pass its upcoming Nepali government inspection. Dr. Santos Dalal is a research scientist working at the Anandaban lab. He returned to his home country of Nepal to help people affected by leprosy after completing his PhD in the United States. He explains... medical Research 
त्यो भएको भएर सायद मलाई लाग्छ कुष्ठरोगको निदान अथवा उपचार चाहिँ असम्भव हुन सक्छ त्यसले गर्दाखेरि चाहिँ staff like Dr. Santosh are doing such an important work here but it's becoming increasingly hard for them to operate in such cramped space with outdated facilities. It is clear that a new research centre is desperately needed at Fernandaban. A gift of £36 pays for 5,000 bricks to help rebuild Fernandaban Research Centre. Will you help Dr. Santosh and his team reach the great heights they're capable of? Thank you to the AV team who managed to play that. Um, perhaps we could get Tim to have subtitles at times when he speaks so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> On the reception desk, there are copies of New Day magazine, which gives greater detail, and also the story of Shakti, which you will find interesting. We'll be telling this at uh, PMA's meeting on the 16th of May. Here's a plug. Perhaps you'd like to put that in your diary. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Thank you, Ian, uh, for sharing with us. When I watched that video in preparation for today's service, there were two things that jumped out at me. It said, can we dream of a world without leprosy? And the second thing was, this is a place where medical miracles are happening every day. Sometimes I think when we are, are in a lovely town like Horsham, we can forget about the wider world that has suffering. A world where they dream that leprosy will not be there where they are grateful for the medics, for doing research, medical miracles happening every day. And it made me realize that this faithful God that we are serving is faithful for all across the world. And that we have indeed a responsibility to pray and to think about how we can help in those situations. I think it would be appropriate just at this point to offer a prayer to God, to thank him for his faithfulness, for people like Ian and Pauline, who are really passionate about this cause, but also to put Dr. Santosh and his team in the centre of God's hands. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for people within our church community who are many, who look outwards towards the wider world and think about how they can help support others in their work for you. This morning, we thank you particularly for Ian and Pauline Jepps and the work that they do with the leprosy mission. We ask this morning, Lord, that you will hold Dr. Santosh and his team in your hand, that you will be faithful to them, that you will provide for them, 
through the many ways that you only know are possible and we can only start to imagine. We pray that you will enable for the medical miracles that are happening every day in that research centre to be carried forward both safely and productively in the future. Amen. The next song that I've chosen this morning is Lord, I Come Before Your Throne of Grace. And Adrian and I chose this song kind of maybe 19 years ago when we brought our daughter to be dedicated. And we sang this song because we were thanking God for his faithfulness that morning in providing a little one for us to look after. She's 19 now. She's flown the nest um, and she's away studying. But whenever I sing this song, I'm reminded of yet another example of God's faithfulness and his truth for us. And so as we sing this song this morning, perhaps you can think about examples of God's faithfulness and truth in each of your lives. Lord, I come before your throne of grace.
Pauline is now going to bring God's word to us and lead us in prayers of intercession. Good morning. Our reading this morning is from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 29. Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the truth of your resurrection and for the joy of celebrating this last Sunday. Yet, Lord, we know that in the country of Ukraine, many Christians there were unable to celebrate because of the conflict and danger all around them. This morning, Lord, we lift up to you the peoples of Ukraine every child, every adult, and we cry out to you for peace in that land and for a change of heart for those set on violence and aggression. We pray especially for President Putin that in some way you will work in him and enable him to stop this war. We pray for the courage to resolve this conflict through dialogue. We pray that you will please be with all those who have been bereaved because of this war. Be with those who are fearful. Be with those refugees who have left everything behind and are trying to restart their lives in other countries. O Lord, we pray that your peace and justice would come into this situation. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
Then, Lord, we thank you for all the work that is being done in your name by the Leprosy Mission. And so this morning we pray the Leprosy Mission prayer. Almighty Father, the giver of life and health, look mercifully on those who suffer from leprosy. Stretch out your hand to touch and heal them, as Jesus did during his earthly life. Grant wisdom and insight to those who are seeking the prevention and cure of the disease. Give skill and sympathy to those who minister to the patients. Reunite the separated with their family and friends. And inspire your people with the task set before the leprosy mission, that it may never lack the staff or the means to carry on its healing work in accordance with your will and to the glory of your holy name. We ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Pauline. I want to ask for your help this morning, well, actually, after the service. One of the things that the ministers and deacons are looking at is how we plan Sunday worship going forward. And we have prepared a little survey that you'll all get, if you'll remember, on email tomorrow. And you, it takes just over a minute to fill in. And I'd really appreciate it if you could do that. But I recognise not everybody likes to use computers or technology. So, I have some surveys this morning and a little box that you can put your survey in and I'll leave them outside. The responses are anonymous, so please be very truthful. Um, nobody will know who said what, but we want feedback around what you like, what you'd like changed, and things like timing and the thoughts of reintroducing something on a Sunday evening as well. So please um, do help the ministers and deacons if you can, either online or with the survey. And while I'm talking about Sunday mornings, I'm sure that you're really happy when you come through the door, when someone greets you and says, good morning and welcome to church. But actually, there are only a handful of people in that team, and it becomes quite difficult when one goes on holiday. So if you feel that God has laid on your heart the spirit of welcoming and hospitality, and you could help, then certainly that team would be super grateful. And Michael Hogg um, and Dick Beasley are the people who organise that team. So a couple of things to think about around Sunday worship here at Brighton Road. Just before Julie comes to speak with us, let's prepare our hearts for worship, uh, for the sermon, for God's word, by singing together that wonderful hymn, How Great Thou Art.
you for leading us, Julie. Um, we're, uh, it's the last in the series of those encounters with Jesus in, in John's Gospel, which actually I've really enjoyed. I really like looking at characters and people in the Bible, at their, their uh, mistakes and their, and their flaws and their achievements, and it makes it all so real. And so I've really enjoyed this particular uh, series. And today, as we've said, if you could have the slide up, please, we're looking at uh, Jesus' encounter with Thomas a week after Jesus' resurrection. Now, Thomas seems to be stuck with the name Doubting Thomas, doesn't he? Which is an everyday expression even amongst those who perhaps don't even know their Bible. We often hear it, you're a doubting Thomas, people say. But I was thinking about this. I thought, I wondered, is that really fair, uh, that that's all we think about him? Um, yes, in the passage in John that uh, Pauline read for us, it does show Thomas doubting the witness of his fellow disciples, and we'll look at that in a moment but there is more to Thomas than this, John tells us. So we're going to look a little bit more about him rather than just doubting Thomas. Matthew, Mark and Luke tell us that uh, Thomas is a, a disciple. They mentions them, obviously. And Acts, in Acts, we see it recorded that he was there waiting in the upper room praying with the others before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. But it's John who fills us in a little bit more um, of this man. And we actually see him to be a loyal and courageous disciple and one who loved Jesus. So in John uh, chapter 11, firstly we see, if you could take the slide down please, firstly we see brave Thomas. It's before the raising of the Lazarus incident. Jesus had just preached in Jerusalem where the Jews tried to stone him, so he left and went back across the Jordan and ministered. But when he hears that Lazarus is dying, after waiting a couple of days, he says to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there? And they tried to dissuade him. And then we see in verse 16 of, of chapter 11 that Thomas, called Didymus, which means twin, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. That's Thomas, same Thomas. That's brave, isn't it? Uh, would we be so brave, I wonder? Would we rather be prepared to die with Christ than live without him? Let alone being prepared to die for Jesus. Some of us, I think, perhaps find it hard to share our faith. Some of us perhaps don't even, um, aren't even able to let people know that we're a Christian. We, we just don't seem to have the courage. But it takes great courage to stand up for the values that we hold dear. Courage is a noble virtue. And I think one of the remarkable things that we've seen um, with this war in Ukraine is the courage of people, ordinary people, not just the soldiers, to defend their country against this injustice. And President 
Zelensky, I think, is a remarkable leader, and he shows great bravery himself. And also, I was reading about the, the testimony of pastors and, and other Christians who've actually chosen not to leave when they could have left because they wanted to continue to share Christ, to look after people. That's so courageous. You know, would we have been in the train on the first train out if, if that happened here? Would we just disappear off to France or, or whatever? Or would we be prepared to continue to look after people? And I think that uh, is inspirational. And brave Thomas here, we see just a snippet in John, John records it, was willing to die for Jesus. We all feel fearful at times. And it is hard, especially in this secular society. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, quite, it's quite hard to stand up and say, no, I'm a Christian and I believe this. But we have to take courage when we're, we're fearful. Uh, I remember John Wayne saying, um, courage is being scared but saddling up anyway. And, you know, I think we just have to be much bold, much more bolder, much uh, be, uh, speak more about our faith and stand up for the things that aren't right rather than just kind of disappearing into uh, society with those who don't believe. And then we see in John, uh, John 14, a few chapters later, we see inquiring Thomas, who wants to know and understand things. It's in John 14 when Jesus is comforting his disciples, and he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'll come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And it's Thomas who says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it just seems to me Thomas wants to know the answers. He wants to know things for himself. He's not just taking it on board. He, 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 he's not afraid of questioning what he doesn't understand. And I think it's a good thing to question the things that we don't understand. And, of course, there are many. And then, of course, we come to doubting Thomas again. And in the verses in John 20, we read that on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. But then we read that Thomas wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. And they were excited and they told him, we've seen the Lord, they said. But Thomas said, and I wonder how he said this, we don't know from the reading. He, he, he could have said, well, unless I see the nail marks where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I won't believe it. Or he could have said, unless I see the nail marks where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I, I won't believe it. You know, we don't know from just from reading the words. I just wondered how he might have said that. 
But here we are, Thomas. He'd been with these disciples for three years, witnessed amazing things with them. They'd shared a lot together, but he wasn't believing what they said. I wonder why he didn't trust their witness. Was he not trusting either what Jesus said when he said he would rise from the dead? We don't know. Maybe he was so stunned and full of grief um, that he couldn't process. We don't know why he wasn't there uh, at the time. Um, People react to grief differently. It might have been just so overwhelming for him that he didn't want to be, couldn't be with the disciples at the time. Maybe he went off on his own, but he wasn't there and he didn't see it. Um, Or maybe he just didn't want to get his hopes up. And he said he wanted, he needed to see for himself. Maybe he just couldn't cope with it. Interesting, though, that and we, we talk about Thomas and doubting, doubting the testimony. In the parallel passage in Luke 24, it says, um, when Jesus said, peace be with you, they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said, why are you troubled? Why did doubts rise in your mind? in your minds. Look at my hands and my feet. It's myself. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones. And when he said, so, when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still didn't believe it because of joy and amazement, he said to them, do you have anything to eat? And, he t- and he took, they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it anyway. So there's a little bit more than just the, the, the piece that uh, John has required uh, recorded here. Um, Doubting here in this passage has earned him that name, Doubting uh, Thomas. But the disciples doubted at other times. And, you know, I think that's where we see that they're real. And uh, in that passage where it talks about Jesus being the way, the truth, and him saying being the way, the truth, and the life, um, it was Philip said, uh, no, Jesus said, if you really knew me, you would know my father as well. And Philip said, Lord, show us the father, that will be enough for us. And Jesus says to him, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you for such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am in the father and that the father is in me? Believe me when I say that I'm in the father. The end of Mark's Gospel, Mary Magdalene went and told them Jesus was alive and she'd seen him. And we read, they didn't believe it. Then the two from the Emmaus Road reported it to the rest, but they didn't believe them either. And then Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who'd seen him after he had risen. And then finally in Matthew 28, after the resurrection, Jesus appeared on the mountain. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So it's quite a lot of doubt here, isn't it? And we home in on Thomas and call him Doubting Thomas, and he's scarred with it for life. Um, But before we tut at Thomas and say, well, how? And the other disciples, they all, you know, they believed. uh, uh, They were with Jesus. They saw amazing things. Why, Why couldn't they believe? If we're honest... We all doubt at times, don't we? I think it's really important to be honest uh, in general terms, even though we might, if we're believers here today, we might believe in general terms. We so often don't take 
uh, Jesus at his word. We doubt his ability to guide us when he's promised that he will. Um, we give in to fear, as we've said, and we end up not doing things because we're so afraid when we know God's called us to do things. Um, and he said, don't fear. We doubt um, that he is with us always, that and he will strengthen us when he said in his word that he will, and we kind of know it in our heads, but it's where the rubber, the face rubber hits the road, that we know it, but it's living it out, isn't it? And I had a recent example of this just to share um, myself. Uh, as you know, I've just come through uh, breast cancer uh, operation and um, the radiotherapy, and I felt so carried all the way through, so strengthened. I honestly was amazingly, um, overwhelmingly thankful. I, I never really uh, resorted to being kind of down. It was it was quite unusual. It was it was God who was carrying me, and 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 strengthening me. And I and I knew that, and I was so thankful. So thankful to him, and I'm quite, yeah, I wasn't depressed or down about it at all. So just when I finished uh, last month the treatment, um, I thought, right, I can, because of COVID and everything, I can go out now. I can uh, go out for a day or something, or I can go away on holiday. And my dog started limping, and um, turns out he's got genetic uh, cruciate disease, and he's got to have... Uh, major surgery on both of his back legs at two. And not just that, but it means I've got to stay with him. He's got to be confined in a crate. He can't obviously use the back legs. Got to be so careful with my bouncy cockapoo who just leaps up and down all over the place. And I, do you know, I fell into a bit of a black hole. I thought to myself, I can't do this. I can't do this, this isn't fair. I was going to go out, I'm going to go on a holiday or whatever, and now I've got to stay at home looking after the dog, and what if it's, and what if this, that, and the other? And I felt really quite down about it, and really daunted, and really overwhelmed. And then the song, I don't know if we sing it here, He Will Hold Me Fast. Mm. Have we sung that? No, love that song. Um, it. it mm. um, Christian getting, when I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. Um, I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold my fast. Hold me fast, for my Saviour loves me so. He will hold me fast. And you know, that song came into my mind, and I thought, I've just been testifying to how faithful God has been and carried me through that cancer and everything and everything else in my life. Um, and here I am kind of being overwhelmed by this. Yes, it is going to be a difficult time, but he will hold me fast. He will be whatever. You know, you might just say it's just a dog. And yes, it is. But I'm thinking probably a bit more about me having to be stuck in looking after him, I was. Um, but yeah. He will hold me fast, whatever I go through. So why I'm sharing that this morning is the ups and downs. We fluctuate, don't we? We can't be up high all the time. And there are times when we doubt, um, doubt that he actually will be with us or he can strengthen us. Yes, he'll see me through that. Yes, he'll strengthen me. What am I talking about? Why, am I feeling, why was I feeling overwhelmed and in the depths of despair? 
And if we've been Christians a long time, we, we do go through desert times. I'm sure the long-standing Christians here um, can, can say there have been times when you go through those periods perhaps of doubting or, and God seems very far away. And sometimes even <coughs> going through times where you question the very basics of, of, of our faith. And maybe some of us are going through that now, even today. I sense, I don't know, I don't know at all, but that there are one or two people perhaps here this morning who are really struggling with the basics and, um, you know, what they, they took on board as a child maybe even and just went on through with it. Um, but now, uh, just questioning. And there's two things I would say about doubt. I think, firstly, I think it's important not to feel a failure and end up just putting on a brave face. Uh, it's better to doubt aloud than to disbelieve in silence. I think it's really important to be honest with how you're feeling. It's be honest with people, talk to people, say, I'm struggling with this. Um, doubt, I think, means it's not a bad thing. It, it means asking questions from the standpoint of faith. Doubt is an invitation to, to grow in faith and understanding. I think it was Tennyson who said we must all learn to grasp and value the sunnier side of doubt. You can move on from that. I, I think it's just important to be... At least Thomas was honest here. He was honest, wasn't he? And secondly, and more importantly, we mustn't withdraw from God when there are things that we, would doubt, we doubt. Be honest with God. Be honest with people, but be honest with God. Talk to him. The Bible has so many different examples of those who questioned God when they didn't understand. Job or... Uh, the prophets and, uh, and, and Habakkuk, is, um, Habakkuk is one. He's a true wrestler of the faith. He was. The first, it starts at the beginning and he's complaining. How long, O oh Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. Or I cry out to you violence, but you don't say. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate what is wrong? At least he's talking to God. There are things he doesn't understand, but he's talking to God. He's communicating with him. And I would encourage you, if you feel you're slipping away from your faith, don't just move away, because the further you move away, uh, the harder it is to come back sometimes. If, if, when, if, you're, if you're beginning to doubt or you're, you're feeling weak in faith, uh, talk to God, tell him, seek him. Um, draw near to him, keep close. Don't give up the habit of meeting together. Don't try and be a Christian on your own, just sitting at home saying, I'm all right, I can be on my own. You can't. The, the Bible tells us not to give up the habit of meeting together because we encourage one another when, when we do that. Thomas went off on his own, didn't he, actually? I um, don't know where he was when he wasn't with, with the others, but uh, it, it was important that he came back. And we see him there in Acts with the... Uh, with the with, with the other disciples, so important to be together and encourage one another. And I think Jesus gives us space to be honest in His presence. It's okay to tell Him. It's okay to talk to Him. Um, we we carry our, our questions into His presence, and we may not find immediate answers, but in His presence, our perspective shifts. And. You know, let's keep faith in what we know. Someone said, faith gives a bridge over troubled water. We need to walk on it when we doubt. And for those who are not yet believers, if there is anyone, 
uh, online or anyone here and you've taken steps towards believing but you're not there yet, I, please keep walking. Please keep walking in the direction of God. Keep searching. Keep questioning. Like, like Thomas's questions as well. Hoping that daytime alpha might, might start um, from the 4th if we've got enough, enough people. Um, it's a, alpha is such a, a safe place to uh, question, to express doubts. Um, read the Bible. Read John's Gospel. We've looked so much at John's Gospel over the last few few weeks. And, and John did, uh, said things and wrote things selectively because, and in verse 31 of our, of our chapter, it says, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. Keep walking, keep searching, keep pressing forward. Don't withdraw, but go forward. And here Jesus doesn't condemn in a sense. He, I mean, he does rebuke and say in the other passages as well, uh, you need to believe, basically. But he doesn't condemn doubt out, uh, outright or turn his back on Thomas. He doesn't say, he doesn't tell Thomas off and say, well, tough, you missed out last time. You should have been, you should have been there. Uh, no, he, he doesn't. He's gracious. Look how gracious he was with Thomas and came back. It almost seems as if he made a special trip back to address Thomas's concerns. Um, verse 26, a week later, the disciples were in the house again and Thomas with, was with them. Though the doors were uh, locked, Jesus came and stood among them. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Just no longer constrained by the laws of physics and um, no longer bound by time and space, there is Jesus. And he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Interesting as well, isn't it, that Jesus knew about Thomas's doubting. He told him what he'd said and what he was having trouble with uh, when he wasn't there. A reminder, perhaps, of his unseen quiet presence with them, even though they weren't aware of it. And Jesus came to address him. To address Thomas's concerns, such love he had for that one individual, and it, Jesus was in was saying, "You have difficulty in believing me. Believing, touch me, see me, listen to me. I'm real." And then meeting the risen Christ Himself, Thomas moves from doubt to certainty and worship. And when we encounter Jesus. We can, that's all we can do, my Lord and my God, he said. Last week, Easter Sunday, we heard of the risen Christ. We celebrated that. But he is here. The risen Christ is here this morning by his spirit. And we can meet with him for the first time or meet with him again. Church isn't just that, about coming and singing a few songs and listening to something and getting it over and done with. Uh, to go home. It's about encountering Jesus by his spirit in the services, meeting with him in his word, meeting with him as we sing out those songs of worship. And then we won't, we can't, but when we meet with him, when we see him, when we have a fresh revelation of him, we won't 
we won't be able to stop saying like Thomas, my Lord and my God. And so to those struggling this morning, to those who've never taken that step, uh, he says the same thing as he says face as he said face to face to Thomas. He says, Stop doubting and believe. I'm real. I'm here. So I, I would encourage us to be supporters of one another, help one another in our doubts and in our weaknesses at times. Because we all go there and we've all been there. And we need to support one another and help one another to find faith, have faith, and keep the faith. Someone penned this. Doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step. Faith soars on high. Doubt questions. Who believes? Faith answers. Father God, we thank you so much for your word, for any, uh, this, this character, this encounter, uh, Jesus, you had with, with Thomas and how gracious you were and um, you revealed yourself uh, to him in that way. And then meeting with you, Thomas just, my Lord and my God, just, just worship. And we thank you that you take us where we are that you don't condemn us if we're struggling, but that you put people around us to encourage us. And you're there for us to talk to when, if we're honest, honest with each other, but honest with you. Say, Lord God, I just do not understand, for example, what's happening in Ukraine and, and all the believers are praying and you're not sorting it out, just for example. But help us to talk to you and communicate with you like Habakkuk did. And not just hide it and then slowly slip away from our faith. Help each one of us this morning, Lord, we pray. Amen. So there's so much we don't know, but let's, by singing this, affirm what we do know. Let's stand and sing.
Now to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. And all the people of God said, Amen. Amen.